Hello, welcome to Extra Virgin, a podcast for gourmands who love to travel and travellers who love good food. I'm your host, Natasha Mirosh, an insatiably curious food and travel writer who's toured and tasted her way around more than 60 countries. Join me now as I talk to the people who make travelling and eating such a delicious adventure. Hello and welcome to this episode of Extra Virgin Food and Travel. Thank you for joining me. Today I'm going to be talking books and cookbooks specifically. They make great Christmas presents for the foodies in your life, but there are so many and I think 2022 has been the year of the cookbook. It's incredible how many have been released and there are so many good ones on the market. So I'm going to talk to you about a few of my favorites and see if I can give you some ideas. So the first one I'm going to talk to you about is the Food Savers A to Z, the Essential Corner Smith Kitchen Companion. It's by Alex Elliott Howery and Jamie Edwards who own Corner Smith Kitchen. You might have seen them around. They're, they're very passionate about not wasting food and it's something that's really close to my heart as well. So I really love this cookbook. So how it works is you might look in your fridge and discover you've got a couple of not so fresh looking carrots left. So you will open the book and you will go to, I'm doing that right now, you go to the page that says carrots and it will give a couple of ideas about what to do with the last carrot or two that you have in your crisp up. And then it will give you also a couple of recipes and ideas about what to do with carrots in general if you find that you have a glut of them. So I love, I love the way it's been organized into ingredients like that. It's really clever. And I think it's so timely in this day and age when we're all trying to save money as well as the environment. So that is an excellent one. The next one is First Nations Food Companion. It's by Damien Courthild and Rebecca Sullivan. How to buy, cook, eat and grow Indigenous Australian ingredients. Now, I don't know about you, but my knowledge of Indigenous ingredients doesn't extend a lot beyond lemon myrtle, wattle seed, perhaps warrigal greens. So this is fantastic, um, both just as a, a book of knowledge about, you know, all these incredible things that we have in our natural environment that are native to our country, but also lots of delicious, delicious recipes. And also a few things that you can do, a few medicinal applications as well. Um, how to make a herbal honey, for example, with native elderberries and pepperberries and lemongrass and a few other things, a face steam, um, a, th- a sore throat spray. So I really love that. If you're curious about native ingredients, definitely that's one for you to put on your list. Okay, so my next one is Salamati, Hamed's Persian Kitchen, Recipes and Stories from Iran to the Other Side of the World. That's by Hamid Alahari and Danny Valent. And Hamid has a restaurant of the same name in Melbourne, I believe. I love Persian food. Love, love, love it. All of those beautiful fresh flavours and I love how they use herbs. I have not cooked from this book yet, but I really, really love the look of just about everything in here. So if you like Middle Eastern food, that's definitely one for you. Chinese-ish, home cooking, not quite authentic, 100% delicious. You've got to love a title like that for for a start. This is by Roisin Call and Joanna Hugh. And it's just gorgeous. It's full of not only photos, it's got that beautiful 
matte paper. It's full of photos and beautiful illustrations also as well. And actually, Joanna is the illustrator of those beautiful pictures in the book. It's written in a really friendly kind of way. It's not about being authentic. It's just about fun. And, for example, um, you know, the very Australian sausage sanger for any international listeners, that's usually white bread, butter and a sausage and some kind of sauce. So uh, there are two camps, either the tomato sauce or the barbecue sauce camp and often some onions. But here um, they use a Sichuan sausage, a nice spicy sausage on bread. So really, really fun. Lots of delicious recipes like crispy prawn balls with fermented chili dip. There's also one with the sheets of rice noodles stuffed with prawns and onions or you can use barbecued pork. What's so intriguing about this recipe is that they actually cook it in the microwave. So yay, great one. Now, she seems to be everywhere at the moment. Alice Zaslavsky, you probably have seen her on television. She's the one who's always wearing very fun, colourful glasses. And her book is called The Joy of Better Cooking, Life-Changing Skills and Thrills for Enthusiastic Eaters. She also wrote, I think it might have been last year, it came out in Praise of Veg, which is also a great book that's a bit, it's not vegetarian, but it's veg forward, I guess. The Joy of Better Cooking is perfect for somebody who likes cooking, but is maybe just starting out or is not particularly confident it's, I love the way she writes. She's very kind of loose and, uh, and fun. And the recipes look really achievable and easy, but absolutely delicious. So I'm actually going to give this one to my son, who is shortly to move out for the first time. I don't know if you listened to the podcast Taste Tibet, but I featured Julie Kleeman and Yeshi Hampa, who own a restaurant in Oxford called Taste Tibet. Uh, go and have a listen to the podcast. It's kind of fun. It talks about how the two of them met in the mountains in Dar es Salaam. Uh, Yeshi had very little English, uh, but they ended up marrying and, and moving to the UK. So it's a great story. And I knew nothing about Tibetan food, I have to say. But Yeshi is obviously a very good cook. If you're ever in Oxford, I would suggest that you uh, go and check out their restaurant. The one thing that I do know about Tibetan food is momos, which are little dumplings. And I did, in fact, use this cookbook to do the spiced potato momos, which are so good. Taste Tibet. If you're interested in Japanese food, and that's definitely me, I spend a fair bit of time at my local Japanese supermarkets checking out different ingredients. Then Japanese Home Cooking by Maori Murata might be uh, something for, for you or for a present for yourself or to give to somebody else who might like Japanese cooking. Actually, the one thing I found with Japanese food, it's really not as difficult as you might imagine. But this has got a lot of things that I haven't heard of before and I'm really interested in trying like that, I love tofu. So there's this sesame tofu recipe called gomadofu, with um, it's got kombu and um, and sesame paste in it, and just garnished with wasabi and ginger. And yeah, I love that stuff. And there's there's also a recipe that's quite intriguing for salted cherry blossoms. And what's interesting about this is that recently, when I was at the Japanese shop, there were some little packets of of sweet buns that had 
bean paste inside them and they were like sort of glazed soft buns and they had a they were decorated with these sour cherry blossoms and they were so good so if I do find, I don't know if we even grow them where I live, but if I find any cherry blossoms, I'm going to definitely give that one a go. So that's a lovely book, Japanese Home Cooking, and it's got the most gorgeous cover as well. Now, if you have a food historian in your life, I've got a couple of books for you. The first is Eleanor Ford's The Nutmeg Trail, A Culinary Journey Along the Spice Roots. Now, despite the name, it's not just about nutmegs. It is, in fact, about spice in general. And it looks at at the flavour profiles of different spices and how you can use them and how you can combine them and create different layers with them. And there are about 80 recipes in this book and it follows the trail of the ancient maritime trade through Indonesia, Malaysia, China, Vietnam, uh, Thailand and Sri Lanka and then through India and Iran and the Emirates. And she's done obviously a lot of historical research, but then she's also a beautiful writer, so it's not at all dry. She is, I believe, she's a British cook and uh, and food writer, and she's lived in Indonesia and Hong Kong. So I love people that focus in on a passion and follow that. So that's a, a great one. It's got a gorgeous pink cover as well. The other one, which is pretty cool, is Pride and Pudding, A History of British Puddings, Savoury and Sweet. The name says it all. So that's by Regula Yusuin, and I do not know if I've pronounced that name correctly, so apologies uh, if not. So she is from uh, Belgium, and she's a, a radio, a bit of a radio and TV star there. Um, very well known for her culinary his, as a culinary historian, um, and she's also a photographer and an author. So she's got another couple of other books. She's got a couple of other books: Belgian Cafe Culture and oats in the north, wheat from the south. So she obviously gets very specific and very deeply into her subject. So she was captivated by British culinary history and uh, has done a thorough exploration of puddings from savoury puddings like haggis, um, not for everybody, to sweet and savoury pies, pastries, jellies, ices and flummeries and junkets and and Rolly Polly's. So she t- tells the story of British food history through the British pudding, I guess. Um, and she goes all the way back to the 14th century to do this, which is pretty impressive. And of course, there is Pasta Granny's last, but definitely not least. I can say hand on heart that this book has inspired a love of homemade pasta for me once I realised how easy it was. I've just bought a brand new pasta machine as well as one of those fancy racks that you can use to hang all your pasta on to dry it while you're cranking it out of the machine. And I have to say there is nothing better than fresh made pasta. It's just a whole other world. Incidentally, there is a recipe for silk handkerchiefs with pesto on the Extra Virgin website right now. Go and have a look and give it a go. Make sure though that even if you use store-bought pasta, that when you make the pesto, you use a mortar and pestle. Don't do it in a machine. I don't know why. I don't understand the chemistry of it, but it just changes the flavor of the pesto. You can taste all of those different ingredients. Such a simple sauce and so delicious. And the book is full of 
Little stories and recipes from some of the women that Vicky has interviewed, the grannies, all over regional Italy. She also has an accompanying YouTube channel, also called Pasta Grannies. I highly recommend you do three things. Listen to the podcast with her, go and look at the recipe, and download Pasta Grannies, because it's the most wholesome, fun thing on the internet. So that's it for my roundup of books. I'd love to know what you're reading and cooking from this year. And I will put all of the details of those books on the website, www.extravirginfoodandtravel.com. Thank you, as always, for keeping me company. And happy eating in the lead up to the big holiday feast that is Christmas or whatever it is that you celebrate, just being together maybe. Until next time, bon voyage and bon appétit. You've been listening to Extra Virgin, a podcast for the Epicurious. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can follow Extra Virgin Food and Travel on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. If you haven't already, go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts and subscribe, rate and leave a review. And if you'd like to help support Extra Virgin and keep us ad free, please consider buying us a virtual coffee on the website www.extravirginfoodandtravel.com